We just wrapped up Catholic Schools Week, and we kicked off the week on Monday with a Mass of the Holy Spirit with Archbishop Hebda at the Excel Energy Center. We've been to uh, the Saint Stadium before, where we got totally rained on. We went to U.S. Bank Stadium, which kind of enveloped, up, enveloped us as a monstrosity. The Excel Energy Center is the perfect size for all these Catholic school students and teachers coming together. A beautiful celebration of our faith and of our Catholic schools there. The only thing is that it's a very long day. And so for our middle school students, they brought their packed lunches on the bus, and they couldn't bring them in. They had to leave them there. And after the Mass was over, maybe around 12.30 or so, uh, they had to wait to be dismissed in this very highly orchestrated system of having the buses come up, kids get on in different colors and numbers and codes, and the buses would come and the next kind of wave would show up. And uh, St. Rose had to wait a long time to get back on the buses. And those kids eat lunch here like around 10.30 a.m., so it's like almost one, and they are hungry. And our kids were waiting in the lobby to go outside just like, When is our bus going to come? Like, I'm starving. I'm so hungry. And when the doors opened, they called their uh, color, orange color, your bus is here. They just shot out of those doors. And, you know, I was going to help hand out the the little lunch boxes to them, to our students. And they were, like, just banshees tearing into them. I mean, those things just disappeared from the bin we brought them in on. And they consumed their lunches in about, like, five seconds (laughs) back to St. Rose on the bus. They were so hungry and they could not wait any longer. (laughs) But we all know the pain of being hungry and having to wait until our food comes. Some of us have had to wait longer than others. But there's all kinds of other things that we wait for with longing. Maybe the wait until you get your driver's license, or the wait until you discover whether you passed that big exam or not, or whether to hear back from a job interview. We know the long, long wait of seeing the Vikings win the Super Bowl. Some of you know the the wait of of waiting to see your first child born, to give birth and to to behold the the face of your son or daughter for the first time. The waiting of one of your friends who hasn't yet made the decision to get sober. You're waiting for that. Or the wait to finally find the one and celebrate the, this, your wedding day with your beloved. You know, what's interesting is that the agony of that waiting is not necessarily tied to how many days it is. It's actually more tied to how important is this thing or this event or this person in your life. That's what makes it agonizing. For those kids on Monday, it was just a two-hour wait. But to them, it was like life or death. So they really wanted food. In the Gospel, Simeon in the temple is described as a man who's righteous and devout. He lived in Jerusalem. He was praying in the temple with Anna. And Simeon was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. What was he waiting for? Simeon was awaiting the consolation of Israel. He was awaiting the consolation of Israel. That's how the gospel describes the Messiah. The consolation, the comfort, the relief, the the satisfaction. 
soothing that ache, soothing that longing. He was waiting, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And the Holy Spirit told him that you will not die before you see the Christ of the Lord. He was waiting for the Christ. Simeon knew that the Christ, when he came, would do four things. These four things that Simeon longed to see happen, that the prophets and the law and Moses had said would happen when the Christ comes. First of all, the Christ would gather the scattered tribes of Israel. God's people were scattered from idolatry, rebellion, by war. They were unfaithful to the covenant. The Messiah would come, and he would gather the tribes back together. Christ did this in a very unexpected way by not only gathering the tribes of Israel, but calling all of humanity into a covenant. All peoples can now be gathered together as one with the Christ of the Lord. The second thing that Christ would do is he would cleanse the temple. The worship of false gods, the allure of wealth and power and pleasure, defiled and corrupted the Israelites and all their peoples, and it led to death. Simeon believed that when the Christ would come, he would purify the temple. He would make worship holy and true again. And so Christ fulfilled this, but in a very unexpected way. He inaugurates true worship, not just from the temple in Jerusalem anymore, but from the temple of his risen body. That when we worship in Christ, we are worshiping in and through the living God, offering praise to the Father wherever we are, holy and beloved. The third expectation that Simeon had for the Messiah is that he would drive out the enemies of Israel. Israel had been oppressed by many nations, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Greece, finally Rome in the time of Jesus. They had occupied the land of the chosen people, and God was not king, but it was Caesar or any kind of other tyrants, and Israel was not free. Christ came and fulfilled this expectation in a marvelous way by not just coming up against one king or another, but by dethroning the prince of this world, by driving out the enemy of Satan from the human heart, building a new society of love from within. He drove out every enemy, including sin and death. Finally, Simeon believed that the Christ of the Lord would reign as Lord over the nations. God had always meant to be king over all the earth in the very beginning, but his kingship was meant to be invited by man in proper dominion. The leaders of the world, after sin, constantly became tyrants opposed to God's kingdom, opposed to his holiness. Christ fulfilled this expectation by not only reigning as Lord over the nations, but Lord over the cosmos. He took his lordship to himself once again on the throne of the cross and in the resurrection. And now Christ can reign in me. He can reign over and conquer my impulses, my tyranny, the ways that I want to go astray and build a kingdom for myself with no one else there. 
Christ does reign over the nations through his servants of love in the seed of the kingdom that we call the church until one day every knee shall bow before him, whether willingly or unwillingly. Simeon was waiting and waiting and waiting for the Messiah to come and to fulfill his mission and to bring about the kingdom of God. Can you imagine what it was like when that day happened? When the Spirit whispered to Simeon, He's coming today. And he flew into the temple, looking at all the pilgrims streaming into the doorways, wondering, who is it? Which one is it? Until he sees Mary and Joseph. And he knows, he knows it is him. His heart comes alive. Breath comes into him. Everything gets lighter, and he runs up. And all those promises, expectations, his hopes for Israel, his hopes for the world, it says he takes the Christ into his hands. He holds him. Everything he's been waiting for, he holds in his hands. Now, Lord, let your servant go in peace. You ever been so happy that you've just said, like, I'm so happy I could just die? I'm so happy. Like, we say that when we're, like, in a really bad place. Like, I'm so sad. Like, I could just, I could just leave right now. Leave this earth and it'll be better. Simeon, he's so happy he could just die. Lord, let your servant go. I'm ready. This is everything I've wanted, everything I've asked for. I've been, I've been waiting for this and I've seen him. And even though he's just a baby, Lord, let your servant go in peace now. I've seen the light of the nations. I've seen the glory of your people. I'm so happy I could just die right now. That's why the church prays Simeon's canticle every single night before we go to bed in Compline, the Liturgy of the Hours. Every time we come to Holy Mass, we should come like Simeon into the temple. Why? Because at every Mass, we have the opportunity to take all of our expectations, all of our hopes, everything that we want for our lives and beyond, we come and we literally take all of that into our hands. Because we take Jesus Christ into our hands in Holy Communion. In the Eucharist, Jesus is just as present and more than when he was held in Simeon's hands. Simeon was awaiting the consolation of Israel. At every Mass, we are awaiting Christ who can comfort our souls like no one else can. The Holy Spirit was upon Simeon to prepare him to meet the Christ. And so each day of the week, we should be Simeon asking the Holy Spirit to prepare us to meet Christ in Holy Communion. Looking forward to that, getting ready for that, imagining that. Simeon takes Christ into his hands and embraces God himself. In Holy Communion, we take Christ not only into our hands, but into our bodies. And it's God himself who embraces us from the inside out. 
And after Simeon takes Christ into his hands, his mouth pours forth praise and blessing and prophecy to all who will listen. After we receive Christ in Holy Communion, he makes our mouth his, and we pour forth praise and blessing and prophecy to all who will listen. We're sent as missionaries, consoled by Christ, and sent to console others. Enlightened by Christ, and called to spread that light. Friends, when we realize that this is what's happening at every Holy Mass, that it's like the presentation of the Lord, it's like, it's like you being Simeon and Anna coming into the temple, when we really realize the, the power and the reality of this, then this obligation for Sunday Mass, which we call the, the, the Sunday obligation, it's not an obligation at all. It, it's an honor. It's a gift. It's an invitation that I never want to pass by. You know, for those middle schoolers on Monday, when they got to their sandwiches or lunchboxes, oh, finally, what a relief. And when Simeon takes Christ into his hands and he has such peace filled him, he's ready to die, such relief. And when we take Christ into our very selves in Holy Communion, oh, what satisfaction, such relief. The consolation of Israel is within me. Maybe the reason why we don't always feel that way is that we aren't hungry enough for Christ. We aren't expecting much from Christ. We we maybe aren't believing that his light can comfort us in a way that no one else can. Maybe we forgot how to be Simeon. We forgot what happens at this altar. This feast of the presentation invites us to recover this holy mystery that every Mass, this is what happens. This is who comes. And that all my desires and expectations for myself and my family and the world and even the cosmos, He truly fulfills. He fills all of it. He is everything. He is the Christ who will reign over the nations. Are we hungry for that? And do we expect that to happen? Brothers and sisters, tonight, tonight, come down these aisles like Simeon. Walk out of your pew like Anna and come to the Christ of the Lord. He is here with us. He is the light of the world, and we receive him. Come tonight as Simeon. Come tonight as Anna and take the Christ of the Lord into your hands into your bodies, into your souls.